Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I always coach my clients to focus on the transformation. If you come to a place where you are starting to trade uh dollars for hours, yes. you are going to burn yourself out. And you are going to be very resentful toward your business. That is not what you want to be in with your business. So focus on transformation. Instead of looking at something from the perspective and saying, I charge this much an hour, I charge this much a month. Make sure that you've done the research, the market research, and that you have enough information to understand how much is the transformation that you are going to create or help this person create worth to them. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Deanna Jean. Now, if you're interested in learning how to manage your time, manage your career, and lift your spirit, Deanna is someone you want to get to know. You want to get to know her because she has several paradigms and programs architected and designed for sales leaders and modern entrepreneurs. And we get to know her in the interview, but I really love her story much more. You know, why she decided to get into this and and why she has a passion for helping people achieve their highest potential. I think that's crucial in today's world when we are understanding that time is very limited, but we are very limitless, right? Time is very limited, but we are very limitless. That paradox of life is one that many don't truly understand often, but I hope that you do once you listen to this episode. Again, Make sure you get to know her. We'll put our links in the show notes as usual. And as always, I am grateful for your support. We've been doing this since 2014 and you're still rocking with me. All right. Enjoy the episode and rock with Deanna. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Deanna Jean. Now, Deanna spent the better part of her career mastering the roles of both sales and leadership with successful frontline and leadership experience at several fast-growing companies, including Kaplan, Edmentum, Flocabulary, and Nearpod. I hope I said all those right. But her, she's very fascinating because uh, I came into contact with her because my business partner is close friends with someone that has worked for her. And you always know when you get these type of referrals, you know that it's, it's definitely something worth exploring. And so I'm really, really excited to, to have her on the podcast as she discusses different things ranging from her offerings to the value of love and respect and how we can build a community that fully accentuates all our skill sets, at least the skill sets they don't tell us about in some organized institutions. Welcome to the show, Deanna. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I'm excited to dig into the conversation. Pleasure's mine. I mean, when I have 
someone on the show who has people referring to her as someone who brings care and intellect to everything she does or, you you know, them speaking about the ability for you to bring out the development. I, I feel honored. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a real pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, like I said, likewise, and I'm excited for to dig in and, and to, you know, share some value. All right. Well, let's start with your early years. Now, when you were younger, what did you think you were going to become? That's a, such an interesting conversation. So I remember as far back as maybe about four, between the ages of like four and seven, when I was younger and family members and folks would ask me what I wanted to be. And I typically at that time said one of two things. I said, I wanted to be an actor or said, I wanted to be a lawyer. I don't really know where those things came from. I think the lawyer part for me was that from a very young age, I remember being again, four and five years old and people intentionally remarking on my speech in the way that I spoke. Mm. Um, And for me, I thought I was just like a regular four or five year old kid. But I think that that is very much just um, a testament to understanding the impact that our words have on children from a really, really young age. Because from there, I was like, oh, my words are powerful. Like I could be a lawyer or I could be this or I could be that. Um, And then from the perspective of an actor, I don't know really where that came from. I'm not really, really sure. But when I was younger, that's what I thought I was going to do. You know, I ask this question a lot of times because sometimes I do believe that there are clues, hidden clues to what we Mm -hmm. end up becoming. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the same job description. But, you know, with what you do now, you help with a lot of people finding their confidence, you know, you're a keynote speaker, so you're performing in, in that sense. So, uh, but there's also, you, you work with personal and group uh, and small groups where you help them with high impact sales. So why I, 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 as we transition to what you do now, I'm curious as to what led you to actually craft your current job description, because it isn't something you just Google. It's something you create. Yeah. It's, not, it's not. And I think that that for me was actually a big part of like why when asked me what I wanted to be when I was younger. So in those really, really younger years, I said I wanted to be a lawyer. I said I wanted to be an actor. And then as I grew older and I gained more experience to things, I realized that there were so many things that I liked, but I could not find a job description for something. I looked at it and was like, I'm going to do that thing. Uh, My mom was an educator for many, many years. So she was a teacher and an assistant principal. I love the idea of teaching people and kind of helping them find their most full potential, but was not excited really about the idea of like sitting in a classroom with children all day long. Right. Mm. Like I I, I like the idea of being able to kind of go in and out and, and, you know, help and support them. So ultimately what ended up happening is that I kind of fumbled into a career of sales um, because I had an opportunity after undergrad to do a number of things. But the thing that spoke to me most was having an opportunity to go back to my home city of Brooklyn and to uh, and to run an after school educational center that at the time was a subsidiary of Kaplan um, Learning. And so I went back to Brooklyn. I'm from Bushwick and I was working in Bed-Stuy for people who are familiar with Bed-Stuy right in Restoration Plaza. And I was managing right out of college an educational center that was the largest one in that Kaplan brand at the time. I think over a week's period of time, we served about 500 kids at a time. Um, And that was exciting. I had a staff of like 20 people. I mean, this is a May, right? 22 years old. And what I realized at that time was that what I was really, really good at was helping people make connections, helping people realize how to use their, the thing that that were within their control to drive success. And I was really good at convincing people to do 
things, right? Like things that were good for them. I used my powers for good, right? Um, and so I was like, you're a great salesperson. I'm like, I'm not a salesperson. I didn't equate that with sales. Um, and then when I started to realize that all sales was for me, was creating relationships and giving people the opportunity to advocate for themselves and kind of to get to their, their uh, ideal state, that's when I realized that I, in fact, was a salesperson. Um, and that's when I went into sales, um, more direct sales. And over a period of probably about 15 years, I held every sales role that you could hold in uh, the educational technology space. So everything from uh, knocking on doors all the way up through to my most recent roles in that area were working with companies that um, were preparing themselves to be bought and getting their sales teams ready for them to have like a, a premium price. So that was the last part of what I did uh, before I, I started with my consulting business. I, I, I find that so fascinating because I, if I'm even, you know, reminiscent on my career, the, the idea of me being a speaker came from someone letting me know. I thought that I, maybe it's something mm -hmm. I could do, but someone had listened to a few episodes of my podcast and they said, hey, why don't you come speak about, you know, your experience as such and such. And you said, someone said to you, hey, you're, you're a really good salesperson. And that really sparked mm -hmm. this idea where you really started to re reflect on what your relationship with sales is. And it's not the same type of definition many people have, but it, it is about relationships right. but that ability to leverage a skill set that you have built and innate into a full-on blown career i think is another leap that not many people are ready to take I, it's it's yeah. uh you know there's a a gap that exists or a chasm that exists there because people aren't told that that's okay it doesn't fit into the traditional definition of quote-unquote success 100%. so why you <laughs> Well, so it was interesting. So once I was told, once I was told that I was a salesperson, I was very content to be at like that, that, you know, frontline sales because I had direct engagement with customers or being like a step ahead of that, which was like a team lead where I was still doing frontline stuff, but like I was mentoring and helping supporting. And I had a tremendous mentor at the time that was like, you need to be managing a team like full out. Like you need to be helping people understand how to sell the way that you do and how to build relationships with. And I flat out admonished it. I was like, no, I would never do that because what I had seen of like regional vice presidents, sales leaders felt very like snaky and like, you know, it didn't feel genuine. It didn't feel authentic. And I was like, no, I would never do that. And he was like, well, why? I said, because, you know, I'm not that type of salesperson. He was like, that's why you need to do this job because you need to show how people how to do it differently. So he said, you'll have this role and you'll basically be able to do it. Who's to say that you have to manage a sales team the way that you've seen everyone hmm. else do it. That, then that's when the light went off. And I was like, Huh. Interesting. So then I was like, all right, we'll give it a try. And my entire, I built a sales team and I grew a sales team, um, based off of the idea of relationship building and the idea that every single person who was in that role had the yes. ability to be extremely successful, um, just by leveraging their gifts. Yeah. And then that, that was how I built the team. That's right. That's right. And that's what you do with your company right now, because on your website, it says, by the way, uh, Dion is the founder of Int Intentional Excellence. And so it stems from your belief that every single person has the ability to achieve tremendous success by identifying their passion points and creating strategies rooted in those things that drive intrinsic motivation and outstanding results. So you, yeah. you, tr you turn that into in, into something that, that, that is, uh, you know, applicable to what you do right now. And so 
someone listening to this podcast who is going to work with you after listening to this episode is, is thinking of a, a first reflection point that they can start off with. You know, we are yeah. in the middle and sort of coming out of a pandemic, right? And we are, you know, every time you turn on the news, there's something going on, which either reminds people of the finality of time or just mm-hmm. reminds people that they used to have a particular thing that they were passionate about that they put on the back burner. So what can that person do right now to start figuring out how to identify what their passion points are? I love that. I love this question. So I, I work with a lot of folks. I work with primarily women who yes. are at exactly that point, right? Who are saying, I've had a really long and really fruitful career, right? A lot of times in the C-suite or in academia. Um, and they're like, listen, I want to know what the next act is going to be like, or I want to figure out how to enhance this with things that I love. And the first point that I always give people is that I truly believe that when you surround yourself with what I call a success tribe, meaning that you are surrounding yourself with people that are going to be able to fill in the gaps in the areas where you don't feel confident that are going to push you to to where you want to go. Um, That is going to be the key to everything. So for that person who is saying, hey, like, where do I go from here? I say, go to the people that you trust most, that you respect most, um, and that push you the most and ask them about what you do best. Ask them what your zone of genius is. Because a lot of times we don't even know what it is. We can't communicate it. And that's oftentimes what prevents us from from acting on it. But ask those people, you know, what am I really, really good at? What would you what would you pay me top dollar to do? Right. Yes. And it's so eye opening for so many of my clients because they're like, oh, they said this. And I never even thought I could make money. I'm like, you can make money doing anything like legitimately. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the first point that I would say. Go if you're not sure about what your passion is. Talk to the people that you respect. Now, keep in mind, I didn't say the people that you hang out with most. I didn't say the people that you are around most. I said the people that you respect most, people that push you um, and people that really, really want the best for you and want to see you elevate to the next level. Ask those people, what am I really good at? What makes me good at that thing? And that is the first lens for you to be able to see what your real, real, true, true core competency is. You know what? I call, I call that the external self-awareness because there's that internal part. And to your point, just understanding how you're being seen as well as can also give you insight into what you can offer, which is, uh, you know, I, I think it's such an important step too. And I, I love that you're creating this platform for that. But I also love the name. You have intentional as the first word there. Do you right. hear? It's like this ownership thing that people don't realize. You have to be intentional about the type of success Absolutely. and excellence you want to have. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Intentional excellence is the name of the company because I believe that when we put intention behind what we are doing, excellence is like literally, you know, it's, it's right there in front of you. But then uh, intentional success is actually the program um, that I run. And that is even more impactful to me Mm. because so many people, when you ask them, like, what makes you successful? What makes you really good at this thing? No matter how good they are, no matter how accomplished they are, people struggle with telling you what makes them successful because they have not identified or reverse engineered whatever the strategy, the framework, the practices. So, but when you put intention behind it, and realize that literally I can replicate success in every area of my life. If I am intentional about it, it takes you to a whole nother level. Okay. So why women? Why women? So, I mean, 
obviously I'm a woman, right? Right. So for me, and I will say I do work with men as well. Right. But I mm-hmm. really, really, my ideal client and I really, really prioritize working with women primarily yeah. because I am the type of women or I was the type of women that I work with. So these are high achieving women, right. Who are always doing things for others who have achieved status in their lives. And oftentimes they've done it without a blueprint. A lot of times these are going to be first generation in some way, right? Um, Their parents might have been immigrants. They might themselves have been immigrants. They may be college, uh, first generation college attendees. They may be first generation entrepreneurs and they have gotten so successful based off of pure will. And now it's time for them to do something for themselves or build something for themselves. And they cannot get out of their heads in order to get into action. Oh, and so what I do is I get those women into action. <laughs> and, and I asked that question because I, I, I suspect that it was, you know, because of, you know, the answer you were going to give. But yeah. that, sometimes it's like you said, you are the person you're trying to serve. And I know right. for myself right. when I, yeah, when I got into, I, I described myself as a cultural translator and a polymath in progress. But um, it, when I was thinking about what I could do after leaving a job, getting fired and all these things, I was like, wait, what is it that I actually care about? I've been the kid who was always in between cultures. And I, and, and I, I know that it's a legitimate problem in the world. I've seen it. I've had it firsthand. I want to help people navigate that nuance that exists. And, you know, I started looking inward and then I came up with the frameworks. And it's the same thing that you're saying. You, you, you Many people often have the answers, right? You get the external answers from friends, but then you might be the client that you need. (laughs) That's exactly right. When I decided, so initially when I launched my business, it was going to be more of a B2B business because again, I had all of this extensive knowledge in sales specifically in this really niche area, right? That was like hot and popping. So I knew that I could get a premium for that. And then when a pandemic happened, I had to pivot and decide how I was going to have this translate into more of a B2C model, or at least build out a B2C branch, right? Another stream of the business in addition to the B2B. And when I did that, that was the point at which I had to stop and reflect. I was like, all right, well, what's my framework? Well, I've I've done this, I've done that. And literally I sat there and I was like, oh my God. Like this thing has been here the whole time. And I reverse engineered it based on just like looking at results that I got and looking at experience that I had had and really figuring out, okay, these were the steps that I took. Yeah. No, I love that. It, now, well, oh, the, the, sorry, I think we might have broken. Did we break up? Did you say something? I sorry, no, lost I'm good. You <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Um, what, one of the questions I wanted to ask you as well is because when we had our talk, I was really inspired by what you do in your personal life as well, because you, you, you not only practice what you preach, you, you're actually living it out. And, you know, how do you, yeah, how do you manage that on a personal level? where you manage the personal relationships you have and the professional relationships you have. Because sometimes so many people that are high achievers, at least when I talk to them, you know, there's always that balance. Which one do I put more time to? Or how can I make sure that I'm giving what I need to give to each of these? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's interesting because I speak to a lot of people too. A lot of women that are asking me about balance. Um, And I am a proponent of the idea. This is just my idea. (laughs) That um, when you are looking to create balance, that you are really, really starting off on the wrong foot, because I believe Um, that we need to be able to create a life of blend. We need to be able to create a life that reflects our priorities in personal and professional. 
right? And that basically, you know, our lives and our core values really weave throughout. So for me, I, I have what is a blend, right? So as an example of that, you know, I'm a mom of three. All my kids are school-age kids. Um, and they're from five years old up to 12 years old. Uh, my husband is a military service member. And for the last two years, he hasn't lived in the same states that we've lived in, right? So it's been me and my village, my mom, my family. And for me, if I would have tried to strike a balance between being a mom and being an entrepreneur, I'd be failing from the beginning. So what I did is that created a lifestyle that actually supports both. In my entrepreneurial efforts, I don't see clients. I don't have any client-facing activity on Mondays and Fridays. Why? Because those typically consistently tend to be the times when there is something that is going to pop up with the kids. There's something that's going to go with school. There's something that's going to pop up, right? Even when I see my clients, I have a, when I coach, I have a very limited private coaching practice that only focuses on laser coaching. And I only take up to eight private coaching clients at a time. Why? Because I need to be able to work with people from this time to this time. And I need to be able to create that balance. And it's a high ticket coaching program because I still need to be able to help to support our family with that. So for me, I am all about the blend. I'm about creating the lifestyle that you desire and then figuring out within that lifestyle, how do I make money (laughs) and taking it from there. So not balance blend. Fascinating. And then I'm also hearing you become clear about your boundaries, which is, which is, I think everyone should, but important and hard, important and difficult. (laughs) Yes. important (laughs) And difficult. Another thing that's difficult though, is setting prices. And uh, you know, as someone that, that does have services, I know that this then comes into this idea of confidence, worth. And sometimes when you get all these rejections, like, whoa, why am I spending this much money? Or some of your friends or I guess family say, give me the discount. And then you start wondering, wait, should I even increase my price? Maybe I'm doing it too much. How, what is that psychology of pricing? Like, you know, from your perspective, when you're navigating the entrepreneurial field? Such a good question. So this is where, this is the blend thing, right? Remember I told you I have 15 years in sales. Yes, right? you do. So yes, you do. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the person who, when someone, you know how like you're on the phone and like someone picks up and they call you for like the free timeshare thing, right? Yeah. I'm the person that as soon as I get on the phone, they're like, wait, 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 we don't want to talk to you anymore because I'm the one, I like coach them, right? I'm like, no, yeah. no, 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 you should say it this way. No, 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 you should, you should do it this way. So for me, um, when we're looking at price, especially if you, are a service-based coach, consultant, whatever, entrepreneur, I always coach my clients to focus on the transformation. If you come to a place where you are starting to trade uh, dollars for hours, you are going to burn yourself out and you are going to be very resentful toward your business. That is not the place you want to be in with your business. So focus on transformation. Instead of looking at something from the perspective and saying, I charge this much an hour, I charge this much a month, make sure that you've done the research, the market research, and that you have enough information to understand how much is the transformation that you are going to create or help this person create work to them, right? So as an example, I, and I'm very transparent about my pricing because that's one of the the things with me is that um, the reason that I'm able to be high ticket is because there's literally no gray area. It's like either this or this, right? So I have a six month program. In that six month program, um, my clients get access to me through unlimited uh, laser coaching, which is like 20 minute coaching sessions and 
you know, whatever. Um, inside of that laser coaching program, they get that limited access. And usually when someone's coming to work with me for that program, it's because they are getting ready to launch something huge. They have frame in place and they need accountability and they need somebody who's not going to allow them to give up right? They need somebody who is going to connect them to the right people because I'm a connector. That's a huge part of my business. So connecting to the right people so that they don't have to do a lot of the like work for pulling all the different pieces together. Most people that I speak to, when I say, what is it worth to you to be able to save the time to not have to find all these people? What is it worth to you to not give up on this program that you have spent the last two, three years creating that is really, really difficult to execute on. And consistently their response is like, I can't even put a price on that. So then when I say, okay, so that's going to be $10,000 for a six month program. They're like, yeah, let's go. Right. The person who has not identified what their transformation is worth is not going to be my ideal client because they don't have the clarity yet to be able to execute on the strategies that we are going to work through. So it's, it, it really comes down to in your messaging and the way that your program is aligned, even in your pricing, making sure that it is all reflective of who your true ideal client is so that you attract your ideal client. But most importantly, this is the piece we miss sometimes so that you repel the people who are not your ideal client. So that's that's for me, the psychology part of the psychology behind pricing. Just wanted to stop by here before we get back to the episode. I wanted to let you all know that I do have a collective for people who are interested in developing their cultural competency skills, becoming more anti-racist. And it's a resource of things that you can do with your family, with your school, with yourself to work through your individual journey to become a better culturally competent leader. It's called UID Collective, and the link is in the show notes, but it's a mix of courses, it's a mix of resources, things you can download, and all you need to do is sign up as a member. It's a monthly membership. I'd love for you to check it out, use it with your friends, use it with your family, use it with yourself, okay? The link is in the show notes. It's called UID Collective, and it's for those of you that want to improve your cultural competency skills. Back to the episode. You, you know, that's so brilliant because you, you, what you're identifying there is sometimes, the, you know, if the client does have a lack mindset as opposed to an abundance mindset, they can't see, you know, they, they, basically they're saying to themselves they don't believe in what, what, what their, you know, their skill set is because they're not seeing the return on investment. They're seeing it more as what's going to happen. This is way too much. You're stealing from me yeah. as opposed to, whoa, I'm going to get the skills here. To actually 10x, 200x, whatever my business is. Right. Uh, but yeah, and, and 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 it's tough for people to take that leap. And then if you really, really break it down, and then you you maybe when you do all the when you're doing your your self-assessment exercise of them, they will identify to themselves, to being honest, moments where they spent too much time doing things that didn't serve them. But in that moment where they had an opportunity to do something to serve them, it was too much. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's exactly right. And even down to, because I work on an application process. So before anyone even engages with me face-to-face, they fill out an application, right? But the application is meant to help them identify, am I ready for this? Yes. What have I done up until this point to achieve progress? What opportunities have I missed to do that? And what am I going to do differently this time? And honestly, The big part of the price, a big part of the price being what it is also, is that, let's be honest, when people pay money, they pay attention. 
And <laughs> yeah, you, you are not going to drop. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're not going to drop 10 grand on a program that you're not willing to fully show up to and be fully present in. So mm. it's, it's a win-win. And that, that structure of accountability, though, structure and accountability, I should say, both of them, because yeah. they're different things, is, is so powerful. Even in, I think I even, I've always known this, you know, because I, I straddle a few fields, but even with the pandemic, when it happened mm-hmm. and people were navigating to virtual, there was that idea where you had groups of people who committed to, I'm finally going to do all the things I wanted to do. And then you have people right. that said, well, I thought I was going to do the things I was going to do, but then... I didn't have right. a sense of structure and accountability. And that's now I, right. yeah, I don't like myself more because of that. And that's what you provide though. You know, because you've had that. That's exactly it. And I tell people all the time, I would never ask anyone to invest something in me that I have not already invested in myself. Mm. I have coaches. Bar. I'm a huge proponent that coaches need coaches, right? Yes. Look at the best athletes in the world. They all have coaches. That's right. right? But, but when you talk to people about coaching, they're like, well, I'm not really sure if I need a coach. Like, I don't even understand how you would even assume or try to achieve some type of transformation that is really going to change your life. And that's the type of transformation that we should all be, you know, really going after. Yeah, I agree. Without the support of someone who has been there and done it and can help to be able to look at it from court side and say, hey, pivot here, turn here. Hey, let me introduce you to this person. They can help you with this. I mean, you're either going to, when you're doing things like this, you either have to be willing to spend time or spend money. Yes. And sometimes it's a combination of the both, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times my thing is, if something is not in my zone of optimization, even if I'm spending time on it, I'm still not going to do it half as well as a person where this is their zone of genius. That's so, right. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. If I can afford to pay you for it, I'm going to pay you for it. And if I cannot afford to pay you for it, then I'm going to find a way to be able to create an offer, an opportunity that puts me in a place where I can now invest in myself in the way that I want to so that I can get the outcome um, that I'm working for. Yeah. And, and what you're also ultimately doing is creating this reaction of people who are going to be doing what is in their zone of genius, which gets other people to do what's right. in their zone of genius. And you know, that's, that's that shit. Exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's how you build a success tribe. That's how you build a success tribe. You can get a whole bunch of people that specialize in something and that have a common core values, common mission, and you let everybody fire. 
in their area of genius. And what you create is this amazing circle. And this is why I love working with, with women. And I prioritize working with women of color, black and brown women. Yeah, I love that. So yes. Often, <laughs> We are not circulating those dollars. We are not circulating those services. When I look at my success tribe, I just had a VIP day um, this past Saturday where myself and 15 other boss women, they came together. Everyone paid four figures to be in the room. We were on Zoom for six hours. And of those 15 of us that were on that meeting and we were talking about intentional networking, how to create networking and collaboration partnerships, that are authentic and genuine, but also very profitable, right? Mm -hmm. um, just on that day within that six hour period, we circulated before the day was gone over $10,000 worth of services between That's us. That's amazing. That That's was amazing. on the day. These women just met each other, right? Oh my God. It's been like four or five days. And I'm still getting emails about like, yeah, we're partnering on this. Hey, we're gonna do this program. Hey, we're gonna do this summit. That's what can happen. And that is the strength of building a success tribe that allows you to really, really be in flow state and working your zone of optimization. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I, I got my MBA. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in New York. I'm in New York now. I guess. I guess I need two more years before I can call myself a New Yorker. Ten years is the benchmark I hear. But well, um, a, well you know, <laughs> yeah, you got to be born and raised like me, right? Yes. Or, or yeah, ten years. Is and it also depends on what part of New York you're in. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll I'm in Manhattan. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. You're in the city. Okay. I know right. I'm not All in right. Brooklyn, but, <laughs> but, but. I won't no. it against you. Know. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is I moved here for my MBA initially, and I also wanted to change my, was, you know, I, it was a change of environment that I needed to have happen because I was yeah. doing the same sort of thing. And so, when I got here, I remember getting my MBA with people who are, who would, you know, they finance, you know, everyone, you know, they want to be you know, investment bankers and different sure. things like that. And I was the only entrepreneur in my class, but a lot of people would say something that I just, I guess I couldn't resonate with. And they thought I was wild and bonkers for this. They were willing to do work they didn't like for the six figure salary they're about to get, you know, high six figures is what, because, you know, if you get your MBA and you're like one of these investment bankers and it, I just saw the toll on, you know, on them physically and even some of the relationships. And I guess I just couldn't resonate with that, but to them, they also couldn't resonate with the idea of, of me being an immigrant and like willing to fail because to them, that is bonkers. So <laughs> why would you, you don't even have the security. You don't have this. And I, I, I say this to say, I think everybody has to find their own blend, right? Some things will make yes. sense to them, but I, you know, I, I just hope that whatever we do, right. We love it and we can make the money doing it as well. And maybe I'm too idealistic in that sense. I, well, I have no idea, but I yeah, hundred percent. So as an example, when I left undergrad, I had the opportunity to go into work for Freddie Mac at the time, which was like, you know, great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, and my, my degrees are in international business and finance. Right. Yeah. Um, and I and I and I minored in Spanish. So it was like in the end, I'm a black woman. They were like, yes, please. Let's throw you all the money. Let's do all the things. Right. Right. I had an opportunity to do that. I came really, really close to that. And I was at a career fair because I secured my job in October of my senior year of college, right? Like that's the type of ambitious person that I've always been where it's like, we're going to get ahead of this thing. We're going to like, I will out hustle anybody, right? When uh, yeah, it comes yeah. to will and intention. So I was at a career fair and I had this Freddie Mac job kind of in my back pocket. I hadn't said yes to it. And I went to the career fair where there was someone there 
from what was called SCORE Educational Centers, which was the Kaplan affiliate. And they had an article, a newspaper article, that was specifically talking about the impact that this center had had in this Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn neighborhood with kids, right? Now, remember, my mom's an educator, so I knew that that was important to me, but I knew I didn't want to be a teacher. And the starting salary for that job, I graduated in 2003, uh, the the starting salary for that job was $33,000 a year, right? Um, And the starting salary for the Freddie Freddie Mac job was like 65, 70K, right? Mind you, I'm 22. Yeah, 20, Uh, yeah. I was 21 at the time, right? And I remember thinking, this is a no brainer. Like there's no way that you don't say yes to the money. Mm -hmm. I remember saying that. And then I got there, I was like, but wait, this is the thing. I can do this better than anyone else. Like this job in Brooklyn, I can do this and really stand out in this job. And there's a path because it was a management training program. So like within two to three years, if I was on the fastest track, I could get close to what I was making at, you know, Freddie Mac. And I remember going into that job and saying, you know what? I am betting on myself and my ability to make anything happen when I am working in my zone of genius and when I'm passionate about what I'm doing. And that's literally the mindset that I've had for my entire career. And it has served me so well, because even with, you know, starting this business, going into sales where I was, I always took the road less traveled. Like if there's a trend, I'm literally going to go the opposite way. So like if everybody's going that way, then shit, I'm I'm over here. Like that means nobody's there. Like there's no time, right? right? That's how I feel, right? So I'm like, I can make my my way. I can figure it out. I'm from Brooklyn. Like I can can hustle it out, right? And for me, that has always served me really well. Even when it came down to the sales thing, when he said, he was like, do it your way. I was like, crap, that's right. I am undefeated in doing things my way. No one can do what I do when I do it my way. Where I trip up is where I try to assimilate to what others do. When I try to copy the way that others have done it. Um, And that's what I would say to anyone, like whatever it is, everyone is not born to be an entrepreneur. Everyone is not born to lead a team. Like that doesn't have to be the end goal for everyone. Doesn't have to be the end goal for most of us. But whatever your passion is, do it full out and find a way to elevate yourself so that you can create your own lane. You can make ridiculous amounts of money doing anything. And, and, and I, 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 it is so true. You, you're like, you're, you can take me to church here. So this is, <laughs> it, it is so interesting though and brilliant because not, you're right. Not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur, but that doesn't mean that within your job, you don't get to do what you love, right? That, that's what right. I always tell people, right? You know, you, you know I, I might have a little bit of a risky personality and I understand how it doesn't work for everyone. Right. I understand right. All, all, all the, pri- the privilege and benefit that comes with maybe not having kids at that time or same times or family. And, and, right, and right, right. Sure. Yeah, so I understand. But I always push back with, Hey, but you still get the, you can still do what you love in the job. You got to exactly. create that right. to your word blend. And yes. that part I find it, is, it takes a tremendous amount of courage, but I don't know that a lot of people see it as courage or bravely. Sometimes they see it as, well, you know, going against the establishment or like, well, I'm causing unnecessary trouble. I don't want to lose what I have or my sense of security. So it's it's such an interesting mindset shift that we have. So, yeah. 
it is a mindset shift, right? But I think it also comes down to like your experiences. You know, my my parents were both from the deep south, right? Mm. So my parents are both American. My mom's from Georgia and my dad's from Mississippi. They met in the late 1960s in Brooklyn when both of them had migrated to Brooklyn from the south to be able to have, you know, their parents, my dad actually came with his brothers and sisters, but like to be able to have more opportunity, right? So for them growing up and being young adults in the late 60s, early 70s in Brooklyn, the epitome of success was like city job, pension, right? Like all the things that you couldn't get in the South, right? Education, being able to have an an integrated education, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Being able to have the ability to go to college if I wanted to. That was them. So it's interesting because I'm the oldest of of my mom and my dad. Um, and then I have a brother who's seven years younger than me. And for my entire life, they preach like opportunity, opportunity, like do the thing, go here, do this. I went away to prep school because I had the opportunity through education to like do yeah, that. Yeah. They pushed me to do that. And then in all the things that they pushed me to do when I came out on the other side and I was like, all right. So like I'm going to do my mom was like, all right, well, when are you going to take class for MTA? When are you going to do this? Way? I was like, I'm not like that's not like the path that I'm going to take for all of the pushing that they did, the mindset shift of understanding that like for me, passion and like making my own way for me was so much more um, important and impactful than the security of having that 20 or 30 year job that gave me benefits that like, I didn't really love. Right. But for them, that was like, no, you get that job so that you can do the things that you love. And it's a mentality shift. It just continues to move into flow. Um, But I think at the end of the day, you have to be clear about your convictions. That's right. And a big thing that I talk about is fear, especially because, again, a lot of people that I do, most of my clientele are women and high achieving women. And the only thing that's holding a lot of them back is fear that actually just exists in their in their minds and their brains. Right. Um, And I know that because I've been there. I know that because I've been there. And what I tell them is that, you know, the opposite of fear isn't bravery. It's action. So if you give yourself the opportunity to get into action, you're going to see that that fear is going to dissipate more and more and more because when you're in action, your brain can't be scared while you're doing stuff at the same time, right? Not at the same magnitude anyway. So as long as you're creating opportunities to be in action, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other one. But the more that you sit down and think about it and let it like fester in your head, the more scared yeah. you're going to get, right? Yeah. Like do something. Okay. 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 All right. Well, how can people work with you? How can people uh, find out more about your information? I know you were pretty active uh, on several platforms, but you know, I want to give. I am. Over, I know. am. So it's interesting because I, I, uh, I logged on to Insta for the very first time ever when I launched my business, because remember I go against trends yes. and it was just a little too trendy for me. I was like, I'm not really down with this, but I am on Instagram um, under intentional success tribe, because that is the name of my tribe and my group. So folks who want to stay connected to me and see what I have going on, they can follow me there on Insta. I also have a Facebook group under the same name, Intentional Success Tribe. And that Facebook group is really about helping people to understand and to empower them to get into action, helping them understand how they can fire their fear, get into action, put one foot in front of the other. And then one of my favorite platforms 
platforms now is Clubhouse. I do a lot of work on Clubhouse, a lot of <laughs> collaboration. I have a weekly boss women networking room um, off of the idea of the Intentional Success Tribe. And I have a club in Clubhouse that is called the you Intentional Success Tribe. I you do. Have a club. Yeah, you're one of the, yo, I try to get a club. <laughs> uh, they didn't let you in. No, nah, I, you know, I, I can't hate because I'm not. I'm already outside of the club. So, <laughs> but it's so it, 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 the fact that you do have a club shows that they have so much value. Uh, you know, they respect your value. So that means you're offering them a lot of good service. So I'll definitely put that in the show notes. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Intentional Success Tribe Club, and th- those are the primary ways that you can connect to me, and you can find out about opportunities to work with me and different things that I have going on constantly. There's something happening. So stay connected to me on Insta um, and you will be able to see all the things that are going down. Okay. Well, we'll put that in the show notes. The last question I have for all my guests, the same one I have for you. How do you use your difference to make a difference? Love the question. So how do I use my difference to make a difference? Yes. So for me, my difference is um, the belief that everyone has a propensity to be wildly successful, that everyone has genius inside of them that is just waiting to be awakened. I believe that our gift was created before we were created and that we were created to manifest the gift. And that helps me make a difference because I have a really keen ability to see everyone's gift when I meet them almost instantly Um, and to give them the opportunity and to help them to act in and to walk in that gift. So that is how my difference makes a difference. Well, Deanna Jean, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for blessing awesome. us time. This is really exciting. Yes, I really appreciated it. Thank you so much. This was awesome. And I would love to come back at any time to help out however I can. Hey, we'll make, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. But till next time, kings, queens, and royalty, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 